He's Bobby Hensley, and I'm Sean Styers. We're two guys talking sports movies. Today's movie is A League of Their Own. We're sticking with a baseball theme this week. Yeah. Women's baseball this time. Absolutely. South Bend uh, Blue Sox. That's right. We're a real franchise. This league, the All American Girls Baseball League. So here's the quick setup it's 1943. World War II is in full swing, and a group of baseball executives have decided to start an all women's baseball league to keep baseball in the public eye while the majority of the men are away fighting the war. Of course, famously, guys like Ted Williams in the war in World War II. Yep. Loosely based on fact, and I think I have to use that word loosely, and we'll get into those details later, but in the movie, Walter Harvey is a candy bar mogul who owns Harvey Bars, and he's kind of the driving force behind this whole thing. He has a team in Chicago. The field that he owns is known as Harvey Field, and that character is based on Philip Wrigley, Wrigley Field, Chicago Cubs, Cubs, who was, and Philip Wrigley was one of the driving forces behind the actual all-American Girls Baseball League. Yeah, if you want to get into the, some of the fact, I, loosely, I just think there was a couple nuggets of fact from what I could tell that there really were teams, there really was a league, but everything beyond that was fictional. Yeah, yeah. none of the, none of the characters. I, I think that you would probably say they were, again, loosely based on actual characters. What I saw, the Jimmy Duggan, Tom Hanks character was based on Jimmy Fox and Heck Wilson, just the personality, either, although neither one of those guys actually ever managed in the girls' baseball league or anything like that. But there was the, – the, the names of the team were all factual, and the, the, the four teams, the four original teams were the original teams. And uh, the South Bend Blue Sox were one of the two teams that actually played in the whole time of that league. Yeah, exactly. The league was from 43 to 54. And the Blue Sox, and I think it was Rockford was the other one, were the only two the teams yeah. that stayed the whole time. The other ones kind of came and went. Yeah, Racine was, the, was one of the other original four they moved around a couple of times. They never, they didn't stay in Racine. That actual organization stayed all the way through. But that's one of the other things. We'll just go ahead and hit it sure. and get it out of the way right away. Is they kind of make it seem like this was the only year that this league existed, and it folded after that because of the fact that the war was getting over and all that kind of stuff. But it actually did last through 1954 Well, with, with other expansion teams that came along. Well, they kind of referenced that towards the end of the movie. Because at the very end of the movie, when they have the Hall of Fame and they're cutting the ribbon, they ask him to cut it because they go, you kept the league going for so long. Yeah, They kind of glossed over it then. Yeah. yeah. I think that was easy to miss. And that, and that was, well, again, we'll get to some more of that stuff later. But so... After a newsreel opening to set the stage for everything that's going on, this is kind of another, all these movies that we've seen for the most part, you get this little montage at the front. Right. And so they did it with the newsreel at the start of this one. So the newsreel sets everything up, tells us all about the background that we kind of just hit right there, that Mr. Harvey is is going out and trying to start this girls' baseball league. And then we're in Willamette, Oregon, where sisters Dottie and Kit, Dottie played by Gina Davis, Kit played by... Laura, uh, Lori Petty, they are sisters, and they're playing in a girls' baseball game, and right away we get to the tension between the two. Kit's batting. Dottie tells her to lay off the high fastballs because she can't hit the high fastballs. Kit can't lay off, and that would be the rivalry between the two sisters, and that specifically will carry us all the way to the to the end of the baseball portion of the movie, anyway. The yeah, playing of the games. It, it bookends the, the whole movie, right? Because the mm-hmm. first scene is about her not hitting the high fastball, 
and they say goat, nag, or whatever. And then at the right. very end, you get the goat and the nag. And sh- there's a high fastball at the end of the movie at the World Series as well. John Lovitz of Saturday Night Live fame was there. He's the scout. He wants Dottie because she got a big hit. Kit struck out because she couldn't lay off the high fastball. Uh, Dottie doesn't really want to go play baseball in this new league because she's going to have to go to the Midwest. She's going to have to leave Oregon for one thing. Her husband is overseas fighting in World War II. Kit really wants to go. And again, this kind of plays on that whole thing. Lovett says, I don't want you. I want her, the one who hit the <laughs> ball. <laughs> I guess when they originally shot this movie, Lovett's had a bigger role and they had a developed character for him. But when they were testing it, the only part where people laughed or anything were his one-liners. So they cut his role down significantly just to have those one-liners and zings in there. See, I would that's actually something I was going to hit later on in the movie, and I had not realized that. I would like to have seen him more in the movie because he only ends up in about the first 15 minutes of the movie, and then once all the girls are going to Harvey Field, Wrigley Field for the tryouts, he's done. And even that was awkward, kind of how they wrote him out because he gets him to the field and just waves, and then he walks back. <laughs> yeah, that's and, all right, right, you're done. I thought... I hadn't seen the movie in a long time. I thought he came back or something, but he never does. There were other laughs in the movie, but I just felt like it would have been good to sort of intersperse and get his one-liners to, to carry it even a little bit more. Yeah, especially if he was like a, I don't know, a manager for the league or liaison or something. Mm-hmm. So again, we see that Kit Dottie, the, the sister rivalry. <laughs> Early on, they do end up going. They make the, the, uh, the same team. They play for... Uh, Rockford. I keep, Peaches. I, I keep wanting to say Racine, but it's Rockford. The, Racine the, was the, the evil the team. The other team, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this, yeah, so they play for the Rockford Peaches together. We get some more foreshadowing, by the way. In one of the first games that they show, Dottie's catching. She gets barreled over at the plate uh, by a base runner trying to score, but Dottie holds on to the ball. She's knocked to the ground, and she's clutching the ball with her hand in her catcher's mitt. And, of course... At the very end, it takes us to that as well, where Kit ends up on another. Yeah, spoiler. Kit ends up getting traded because of the rivalry and the whole thing. She's uh, trying to score in the World Series, and she ends up dislodging the ball from Dottie on the same kind of play, big collision at the plate. Yeah, but if you want to really break it down, I don't think she had the right form when Kit ran her over at the end of the movie. (laughs) She kind of had one arm out, so of course she was going to lose the ball. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but again, you get the in that World Series. Game, when it comes down to that, after Kit gets traded, she's on the other team, Racine. They're playing for the championship. Dottie is catching in that game. She goes out and tells the pitcher, high fastballs, can't hit them, can't lay off them. It comes right back down to that that we saw early. Kit ends up, she falls behind 0-2. She gets the big inside the park home run, runs over her sister at the plate. Dottie drops the ball, and Kit's happy now after all this brooding and and it, I, you know, you're always overshadowing me and everything else. Kit's happy because she gets her moment in the sun. All is well in little sister Kit's world. So are we going into the things that bug you already? Is that what this is? <laughs> Do you want, well, I wanted, to, I wanted to hit something else. Let's okay. come back to that. But uh, some, some more facts about this. They actually shot a lot of this movie in southern Indiana, which I'm sure you know because you like to do the research. I like to do the research, too, but you really do the deep <laughs> stuff. Rockford's home field was a ballpark called 1894 League Stadium, which is in Huntingburg, Indiana. It's located between Evansville and Larry Bird's hometown, French Lick, Indiana. And then the stadium was renovated, I guess, to make this movie, which came out in 1992, hadn't been used in several years. 
and the Racine Stadium was in Evansville, Indiana. And actually, they when they redid the field, you could see banners and stuff that they put up for the movie mm-hmm. and the fence and stuff because it was actually made for the movie or upgraded. Or how can you upgrade but make it look older for the movie? Yeah. But yeah, the Evansville, I guess Madonna wasn't very popular in Evansville, Indiana. She wasn't. I was thinking about how un, how hard it would have to be for these big celebrities to have to live in Evansville, Indiana. Well, that's what it was. In she, rural Indiana for she had a, a month couple or whatever. Couple issues with at a restaurant and then uh, I guess at a hotel where she was. So she was high maintenance yeah, and diva and, and everything else. And she wrote a handwritten letter to her agent or something about how she can't stand being there and it's the longest month or two of her life, however long the shooting was. And some of it was done in Chicago and she didn't like that either. Yeah. But Ultimately, that was also at her peak. So, well, yeah, and I, she did Dick Tracy and Desperate, Desperately Seeking Susan, a handful of movies there in the late '80s, early '90s, and then really she didn't do much acting after that. I wonder if that had anything to do with it—the ah. fact that she was so hard to deal with. Well, I think her music career took off. I think she was doing all right. Well, she was already doing all right. That's yeah. why she <laughs> got the chance to begin with. Favorite lines, and let's just go ahead and get this out of the way because I want to ask you this. We were texting about this this morning. There's no crying in baseball. The the Jimmy Dugan, Tom Hanks line. Not just the best line from this movie, or at least it is in my opinion anyway, definitely the most famous. One of the top sports line movies of all time. You still hear, hear people saying all the time, there's no crying in baseball. You're not allowed to cry about any things. Well, in the movie, that line was actually number 54 in the AFI all-time list of quotes, or one lines from movies. So that's pretty good for a sports movie to make it up that high. Then you, the text you sent was, is this the most famous, is that the right way to word it? I think sports so. Sports movie line. That's a tough one. There's a couple that stick out. Depends what movies you're into. What about baseball movie line? I mean, we've got ones that we've done already. If you build it, he will come. Right. You're killing me smalls. See, that killing me smalls to me would be, because I've used that every day. This one's pretty high up there, though. I don't hear that one as much, though. I think I hear... There's no, no crying, crying in baseball all the time. Well, maybe you cry too much, and that's what people are trying <laughs> to tell you. Maybe so. I don't know. Uh, and then, like, Rocky has a couple one-liners, but those aren't baseball movies, obviously. Oh, Adrian. Yeah. yeah. And I, was, I will break you, the Ivan Drago. That was pretty popular. So I started looking this up, and the problem that some of them aren't lines. It's like a whole speech or mm-hmm. a big ordeal about a scene. And see, it's that's not there, a line. I think you have to differentiate. I think you do too. It's a it's it's a line is something you can put on a t shirt. You can't put Terrence Mann's whole <laughs> people will come speech on a t shirt. I mean you'd need three double extra large t shirts to fit all <laughs> right, that stuff yeah. in, front and back. Yeah, but even that line in uh Feel of Dreams, if you build it, he will come. I don't think that one's bigger because that line's misquoted almost every time it's used. Yeah. People say they will come instead of he. Exactly. So yeah, this one's probably up there. I, I put it right up there. Which team do you play for? Well, I, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's not love that's three feet above your ass. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No. 
No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the matter, Jimmy? She's crying, sir. I put it, I, I think it's got to be one of the top sports line movies of all time. Especially because it's from... Na, 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 na. <laughs> Jeez. Especially because it's an older movie. Not old. Er, I mean, 92 is when it came out, and it's still a relevant line. You still hear it. 20 plus years. All these, mo- most of the movies we've done have been right around <laughs> this time period. Early 90s, late 80s, and everything is... Was this, pretty well so was this far. the golden age of baseball movies? It must have been. It, and it's interesting that Tom Hanks ended up doing this movie when he was originally thought of to do Field of Dreams, that he had a chance to do that, didn't do that. I like him in this role because he's the ex-player, so you don't have to worry about any of the baseball stuff. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Could, he, could Tom Hanks have pulled that off? I've never seen him actually really throw, throw a baseball ball. or do any baseball. I've seen him run across the country. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) For scump. Grow the beard. Yeah. I've seen him live on a desert island (laughs) for years. No, I I actually wrote down that's one of the things that bugged me because he looked – he's not just an ex-baseball player. He's supposed to be one of the greatest that's played. Mm -hmm. He had 490-some home runs, which back then would have put him in the top 15 all time. Yeah. And he looks unathletic. Like a guy that small wouldn't have that many home runs. And wouldn't be thought of as one of the greatest. Good point. You wouldn't think so. He did put on 30 pounds Although, like, role. if you yeah. look at now, Christian Yelich is rail thin, and he's belting home runs left and right. Yeah. For me, it's just because it's Tom Cody Hanks. Bellinger, he's not that big. Yeah. They're pretty good. Though. I agree. Tom Hanks does not look overly athletic, but he also is supposed to be a guy who's past his prime and yeah. not in a Sloppy fall down drunk and well, did you the see the whole thing to gain the thirty pounds for the movie? He uh, visited a Dairy Queen every day. That'd be that. Wouldn't that be great to get paid to just to eat Dairy that, Queen and then get paid to lose the weight and get paid to put it back on if you wanted? Well, that's why I thought I'd throw the do. Dairy Queen thing. Maybe we get a sponsor and we get some free blizzards. There you go. Any other favorite lines you've got from the movie? Then, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the John Lovett stuff is pretty good. I know, like when I pick up. The second woman in Colorado, and he's like, "Come on, get on the train. The train moves, not the station." <laughs> or what he said. You ever hear of General Omar Bradley? Yeah, because <laughs> the girl the, is the girl is homely, and comparing her to uh, the general. I, the the one from uh, when uh, Kit and Dottie when when they're getting ready to leave. Did you promise the cows you'd write? Yeah, that goes right there when he's um, saying, "There's the field. Don't eat the grass." Yeah, his last line of the movie probably. Again, like I can't believe that they that they diminished his role because he was getting so many laughs. I mean, what's wrong with that? Isn't no, the, the part that got the laughs were what they left in. All the other backstory of him, the production company didn't like. So, oh, that's, so, so he wasn't getting as many laughs in, in the rest right. of the movie. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why they cut that Maybe part they out. Should have written it better. Well, then. sure, but it was also a two-hour and eight-minute long movie. Hey, hey yourself. Oh, doesn't that hurt them? Doesn't seem to. Well, it would bruise the hell out of me. Who are you? I'm Ernie Cappadino. I'm a baseball scout. I saw you playing today. Not bad, not bad. You ever hear Walter Harvey makes Harvey bars? You know, the candy. Yeah, we feed them to the cows when they're constipated. That's the guy. He's starting the girls' baseball league. So we can make a buck while the boys are overseas. Want to play? Huh? Nice retort. Tryouts are in Chicago. It's a real league, professional. Professional baseball? 
Mm-hmm. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well, then, this would be more, wouldn't it? You interested? Come on. $75 a week? Pull her leg for a while. Mine are long enough already. Look, your, your country needs you, and uh, you can not only play ball, but you're kind of a dolly. That's what we're looking for. Oh, oh, now I get it. Listen, mister, I'm a married woman. My husband's overseas. Oh, relax. I'm talking looky, no touchy. Just that we want girls who are easy on the eye. Well, I'll go. I'm ready. I'm ready right now. I got to sign something. I don't want you. I want her, the one who hit the ball. You can climb back under the cow. She's good. She's very good. She's a pitcher. She just didn't pitch today because she pitched the day before. Well, thanks for that extra special glimpse into her life. I want you. You I saw, you I like. Now, what do you say? There's a train leaving for Chicago tomorrow. Oh, come on. What do you say? Are you in? No, thanks. Daddy. No, thanks. Hey, no skin off my ashtabula. You want to stay here plucking cows, that's your business. So if you have another 20 minutes. Didn't seem that long, though. Didn't seem too long. No, I was going to. One more uh, line is when they say kind of the newsy thing and they're showing all the ball players in the black and white mm-hmm. and like and what about that Maria Hooch what a hitter and it's like the, all the other ones they show them real up close and there's like a wide shot of her away yeah. From, yeah and she's like waving at the camera just standing there at second base and of course she ends up getting married right leaves in the middle of the season right which bugs me a lot of people but left in this movie I guess Lovitz the, did she did I guess Dottie the, did yeah I guess that was the priority but you know because that was again when we look, we always ask, does it hold up over time? And I think the movie holds up. And again, this is another period piece similar to Sandlot, but set even 20 years prior to that. It's set in the 1940s, again, based on a true story. So there's nothing, I have no problem with them. We're not going to sit here and talk about you know, whether it's cell phones and all that kind of different sure. stuff. Obviously, it right. was set in the 40s. We know that, that, that it's based on a true story. There's really a lot of overt sexism in yeah. this whole thing. And they even touch on the race thing where you've got the African-American women who weren't allowed to play, but the, Threw the ball she picks in. up a stray ball, yeah, and zings it right in, and you get that look from Gina Davis and, and that whole thing. But the overt sexism, again, it's typical for the time period. And Like, if you've ever watched – have you watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? By I have any not. chance? I mean, it's set in the 50s, so not too long after this, and you really get – a good look at sort of what the traditional role of the female was back in that time. And you get a lot of that in this because, again, it's like, okay, once the girl is married, now she can just take off. She doesn't have to worry about this baseball thing anymore. It's kind of like the show Mad Men, if you've watched that, set in that time period. And it's kind of goes along with that sexism. Yeah, and, I mean, then you've got Stillwell. Stillwell's dad didn't want him – hanging around, bugging him while he's looking at classified yeah. ads when the mom is away playing baseball. So you've got to take the kid with you. Yeah. you got the nicknames for the players, Betty Spaghetti, all the way May, and all that kind of stuff. And they're supposed to act like proper ladies. They go to charm school and well, everything the else. charm school, I read, was a real thing in this league. They I made them go that. to that. I can see that. So it's not that it doesn't hold up. It's just kind of jarring sometimes when you see. It's out of place. Yeah, but it's it's... I wonder if you did this movie, how much they would hit home on that kind of stuff as opposed to just gloss over it and focus more on the comedy and the baseball type stuff. Well, this kind of goes into what Penny Marshall, the director, wanted Mm -hmm. because I guess the production company wanted a love interest between Jimmy and Dottie. See, I don't think that would have been good at all. And she refused to put it in there because she wanted it to be more about baseball. And they hinted at it once 
when they were on the bus and they had the newspaper. And, and that was the one scene that that was her compromise where she's trying to get him to stop drinking. So she gives him a Pepsi. Yeah. And that was the compromise Penny made for the movie. So to go back to your point, I think that the way she wanted this movie framed is mostly about baseball. So I don't think yeah. they would have actually hit on issues more. Well, and we've talked a lot. Because they already did. We've talked a lot in our podcast about how it's not, you can't just have a sports movie for the most part. You also have to have different relationships or some other theme that's going to yeah. Yeah, tie the whole thing together. And you, you start off with the strong rivalry between the sisters. And I think that's all you need. I, I think that having the love interest with Gina Davis and, and Jimmy Duggan would have, would have been more distracting than anything. Sure, and then why would she – I don't know what the alternate ending would have been, but then she wouldn't have wanted to leave right before the World Series because if her husband yeah. came home and she's already – But that bugs me as well. When we talk about things that bugs me, it's like, you've done all this, you've played all these games, and now you're already married, but because your husband showed up right on the eve of the World Series, you're just going to take off and leave your team in the lurch in the most important games of the year when you're the best player in the league. And on top of that, it wasn't even like he was a jerk and be like, you can't play. Yeah. Because when she comes back for the seventh game, he still goes and he's happy, he's proud, he says, that's yeah. my wife out there. You know, Why not just hang around for another week and a half? Right. And what bugs me about that, well, the whole thing, but then why does she wait till Game 7 to come back? Right. Because they were down 3-1 in the series, if you read the newspaper headlines. Mm-hmm. so They're that, down 3-1. They end up tying so it up So why didn't she come back when it was that game? Game 5. Game 6. Does bug me. Does bug me. And she comes back for Game 7. Was there anything new that Loses you- the game. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe That's she shouldn't have come maybe back. Maybe she shouldn't have come back. Anything new you noticed while watching it that you didn't remember before you watched it this time? Yeah, well, oh, you kind of touched on it too. It really flew by that time. It was a two-hour-long movie, and I sat down like, all right. I didn't have a whole lot of free time, so I'm like, all right, two hours. And then I hit pause at one point. I'm like, I only have 40 minutes left. Yeah, but uh, I didn't realize it was a flashback movie. Like I remember the story, but like that the movie actually starts with her packing to go to the reunion thing. Oh, that's right. And then at the end, obviously, forgot about she like, that. She like dazes off, and then the story starts when they yeah. were kids and moves forward. And at the end, she like wakes up out of it, remembering all that stuff. I forgot about it. Doesn't really change anything, but yeah. I forgot that there is an after and a before. I thought the whole movie was just the World Series and getting there. The thing I didn't really remember, I guess, or the one that really kind of struck me was the scene where Jimmy and uh, Dottie are kind of battling for control in the dugout because to that point, Jimmy had just been the token manager. He was the manager the name. in name only. Yeah. yeah, but he was a big-name guy to put with this league, but he had been drunk, drunk in the dugout, sitting there scratching his crotch and yeah. using the, the women's restroom to go to the bathroom after a game. And he was basically just there. So because he's just hanging out in the dugout for all these games, Dottie is pretty much running things. And so then – they're sitting there, and in one game, Dottie starts going through the signs. There's a runner at third, and Marla, the best batter, comes to the plate, and Jimmy notices the signs, and he, and she had called for a squeeze bunt. And he's like, hey, you've got your best hitter at the plate. Right. You don't squeeze bunt with your best hitter at the plate. And then so they get into this big thing. He starts going through the signs. She's going through the signs. Marla's totally confused, yeah. doesn't know Keeps calling time. Yeah, <laughs> finally she doubles in the run, so... Jimmy wins out, and from that point forward, he's in control of the team, and you also start to see more involvement, more personable relationships that he has, more connections with the actual players and stuff as well. Well, and I wrote down this similar, 
he had already been involved with the team after this point, but when he had to bring the telegram to, I don't remember the character's Betty's name. Spaghetti. Yeah. Her that, husband dies. Yeah, that her husband died. I thought that was pretty cool that he, you could see his evolution as a character because at the beginning he wouldn't have been in there. He would have been drunk, and he wouldn't even let the delivery guy give it to him. He's like, I'll give it. Then he hands it to her and gives yeah. her a hug and consoles her. Anything, did your opinion change after watching this? It does. I actually like this movie more than I remembered. I agree. I was I, like, wow, I don't, I don't what a know great why. watch. Yeah, yeah, but I hadn't seen it in a long time, and we usually ask how long has it been, and I mean, I can't remember how long it's been for most of these, but I liked it a lot more than I remembered the yeah. first you know, watching it before. That's what I felt. I was like, wow, and the baseball stuff was good. The sister-sibling rivalry was good. The drama of Game 7 and how that all ended was good. Mm-hmm. Yep, I completely agree, and I, I put it not in my top five all-time sports movies, but I would say in my top 15 Probably, and I'd also put it top five baseball. Top five baseball movies. Yeah, I think it has to go top five baseball movie. Yep. So we already asked if it holds up over time. We've done favorite lines. What about favorite scenes? This one was tougher for me. The actual favorite scenes, and mine was what I was just talking about: the uh, Jimmy and Dottie battling for control in the dugout. I think that's probably my favorite scene of the movie. Um. I actually wrote down that I liked the beauty school stuff. I thought that was comical. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. Uh, and then again, when he hugged uh, Betty Spaghetti when her husband died, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, the last one I wrote down was when Jimmy prayed before Game Seven. You like that? Yeah. I thought it was a little because it wasn't a real prayer. I thought it was, it was a sarcastic. Little, yeah, that's true. That was it. Was kind of a funny. Pre- that's true. It was in his character. Yeah, he started out yeah a little bit more serious, and then yeah, he did he did go. To a little bit more sarcasm during the course of his prayer. <laughs> all right, 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 all right. Time for the song and dance. What does that smell? Alice thinks it's bad luck to change her socks. So we all have to suffer? Well, oh, stay. Get away, get away. Outfielders! I want you to play deep a couple of steps. I don't want to give up anything long. Alice, mm-hmm. the leadoff here gets on. They're going to bunt. Be ready. All right. Now, I'd like to, I'd like to lead you all in a little prayer. Come on. Prayer? What? Come on. Oh, uh, how uh, oh, yeah, it's a little prayer. Come on, come on. Yeah. Oh, In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, good. good. <clears throat> uh, Lord, hallowed be thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. May our balls be plentiful. Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. And God, these are good girls, and they work hard. Just help them see it all the way through. Okay, that's it. <clears throat> Let's go. Amen. Favorite characters in this movie? Uh, I wrote Jimmy down. I think he makes the movie. It would have been a good story with the sisters and everything else, but he's the one that tied it all together, I think, because he's the one that evolved the most throughout the movie. A lot of the other characters, they were good, but they didn't change. They weren't dynamic, and he did. He evolved. He changed. He got better. Why did you write down that that was your least favorite character? No, I like like Jimmy. Um, I also like Ernie, the scout, the John Lovitz character, and again, I wish that he would have been more involved in the movie, but it's interesting. I would like to see the uncut, the original cut, from this, since they had that and they had his character more involved, I think that would be 
because we're sitting here. It was released in 1992, so that means that we're 27 years out. Maybe in three years, they should release the original uncut version with more John Lovitz in the movie. Like you've got the two different. You <laughs> You're really like into this John Lovitz character. I really, I really do. I, I, I think he's a funny guy, and what? I loved his lines. But I would like to see what that was like. With more John in there. I don't think I've ever heard something bug you so much. It's kind of entertaining. <laughs> Keeps going back to the John Lovitz stuff. That's well, you right. know, Lovitz, uh, Hanks, and Penny Marshall all did Big together before this. What was Lovitz in Big? I can't even remember his role in that. I never saw Big, but I, I saw that he was in it. That's okay. good research, huh? <laughs> That's right. It's a bad radio here. <laughs> uh, you have the internet. You can look it up later. We hit, we've hit some stuff that that what, bugs us. Any go ahead. I was say, what was your least favorite character then? Um, probably Stillwell's mom. She kind of or Stillwell. Stillwell. They both bugged me. He's a brat. Um, but again, I suppose it's more comic relief, and it kind of ties you to the story at the end. It's like bratty little Stillwell's all grown up. But then he was he was overly sappy. I felt like too at the dramatic. Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, it was a little bit much. Yeah, way to bring down the mood. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, how's your mom? She died. Oh, okay. I kind of wish we mentioned we're sitting here in South Bend doing this podca- podcast, and with Rockford and South Bend being the only two franchises that lasted throughout the whole thing, I think it would have been nice if they would have had more about South Bend in the movie. Than just, just a token this, reference. Yeah, the South Bend Blue Sox. Yeah, just because you had Rockford – who was the main the team that they were supposed to be on and South Bend, it would have been nice if there was more South Bend to pay tribute since this movie was essentially a tribute to all those players. Like that's where Kit got traded to and that was a team in the World Series? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's just you living in South Bend, though. There's a lot of South Bend saying, references just, in movies. I'm just saying that I, I felt like the there league. could have been more about South Bend because those were the two franchises that lasted from the start in 1943 till the end in 1954. Yeah, I wonder what made them pick Racine. I don't know. Maybe because I think I think if I remember right, they actually those two teams did play in the World Series that year, so maybe they were trying to stick with some facts, but they they Why? bent so much other stuff. I don't know what difference it made. Um, so other than that, there's not a a ton of other stuff. That really bugged me about it. I, I thought it was a good look at the whole um, period in time in sports history. Would you have recasted anybody? The casting was int- I I think that it had to be tough to find. Uh, I want to go back to one thing that does bug me a little bit. Because the one factual thing, and again, I don't know how much it really matters. But apparently, there was the, it wasn't true baseball. Those first few years, it was more softball. The ball was bigger than a baseball, and it was underhand fast pitch, and the dimensions were smaller and all that. But maybe just for the purpose of this movie to make it look like baseball and everything, they stuck with that. Well, and it kind of also in the movie, they make it look like that the Major League Baseball completely shut down, and it did not. That part's not true either. There actually was Major League Baseball. And then another fact in the movie that was wrong is halfway through when she does the famous splits to Mm -hmm. catch the ball or the ball behind the back. They actually had really good attendance their first year, they said from the start, from what I read. Huh. So they were never struggling to get people to come to the games. So there was probably a struggle maybe in the middle someplace. Or towards the end, and obviously. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing, again, with all these actual facts about the, just all this different stuff, I think it would have been nice if there, kind of an epilogue at the end, if they would have put up 
some of these facts about the league on the screen so that people could see them exactly how long it lasted and just kind of let you know a couple the, paragraphs at the end and kind of fill all the blanks in for you. The Hall of Fame scene at the very end was really a uh, exhibit, I guess, for that league. Mm-hmm. So those were real pictures of real people on the walls and stuff that they were looking at. Yeah. But you asked about casting, and I would say it had to be hard to cast a, a, a set of women, especially in 1992, because even softball is a lot more advanced and there's a lot more females playing softball now than there were back then. So it had to be hard to cast actresses who could actually go out and carry out the baseball part of things. And they stressed that a lot through casting, that they would have to learn how to play ball at mm-hmm. least enough because they don't want stunt doubles or people filling in to play everything. Yeah. So they did a lot of their own scenes. Now, if you actually look closely, most of the scenes, where they'll, they'll just swing. You don't actually see them hit it. So yeah. there's some cinema there, but they actually could. There's couldn't. nothing wrong with that as long, as, right. as, long right. as they look like they can swing a bat, which they did. I thought they all did a good job of that. And they all played their roles well. Like They didn't mm-hmm. make you know, Rosie O'Donnell look like she had to try and bunt except for that one scene or yeah, exactly. something. You know. It was uh, interesting. Taya Leone was essentially kind of an extra. She became a lot more famous after that, but she was uh, the Racine first baseman. In this movie, Madonna, of course, I thought she did a pretty good job yeah. in this movie. There, I don't think there are any big casting changes I would make. David Lander, I don't think most people know his name. He was Squiggy in Laverne and Shirley, which he was the which of course Penny Marshall starred in back in the seventies. So they've got they had that connection. He was the PA announcer during the World Series. Um, other than that, I th- I thought Tom Hanks was cast well. Another guy, David. Strathern, he played Ira, kind of the the main PR guy. He was Eddie Seacott in Eight Men Out, so yeah. he'd been in a baseball movie previously. It's funny when you talk about recasting. I always go back because, like the Costner movies, and it's like, well, this guy was actually playing in this movie, Eight Men Out, or playing this role. So it's kind of funny to go back and think because it's like all these guys could have been. I I read Jim Belushi was actually considered for Jimmy. I guess I could see that. That would have been a little too over the top, I think, though. Don't you think? Or what do you think of that? Would you like to have seen that? I think Hanks is a really good actor in this movie. Mm -hmm. And they kind of reference that this starts to be where he really gets into a lot of popular movies in a row. He starts putting out one a year. So he acted really well. But Belushi, to me, would have been better suited to look like a former baseball player. That's true. A little bit bigger. A home run hitter, anyway. Yeah, heavier, that, that whole thing. I did think of one other thing that kind of bugged me. And this, again, is a minor thing, and it's more... Details, but they were talking about qualifying for the playoffs. There's four teams in the league. It essentially, didn't all four teams make it to the playoffs because they had to win that game to go to the World Series? So, but was that it's basically seeding? It's not qualifying, right? Well, is it Unless or is the, it the top two make it and the bottom two don't? I don't know. But they made them look like they were pretty successful all year, so they wouldn't be struggling to make yeah the World Series anyway. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell is Doris. I, I thought she did a good, and this was kind of before she was really more popular than she became before she did her, her TV show and, and all that kind of stuff. And Cusack, right. John Cusack's sister. sister was in this. She was Shirley, the left fielder. And of course, Bill Pullman, who's starred in a lot of different stuff, including Independence Day. He was the president in Independence yeah. Day with, uh, uh, Will Smith, he, he did, was he was the husband. He did that as a favor for Penny Marshall, I guess. Really? She casted, uh, her brother was um, Walter Harvey. Right, right. And her daughter 
did I write, read this correctly? Is was Betty Spaghetti? I believe so. There were a few. Looking at all the credits, there were a few last names that matched. Because yeah. what she, I guess she ran out of money for casting, so she started <laughs> so asking she family members, yeah, if they could get in there. And, course, and that's why Pullman did it as a favor. Yeah. That's why those two were in there. Harry Shear, famous for The Simpsons, with voices like Ned Flanders and Principal Skinner. He was the newsreel announcer. I thought it was pretty well cast myself. I did too. A lot of good known people there. Brooke Shields, I guess, was originally thought to be in it, but. Uh, during the 1988 writer's strike, I guess she got into some trouble or something, hmm. and so they didn't put her in the movie, and they gave it to Deborah Winger. Like she crossed a picket line or something? I don't. Or? I didn't look that far into it. Okay. Just said it wasn't offered to her after that, but then it was offered to Deborah Winger, but then she dropped out, and that's why Gina Davis joined. And did you know Gina Davis actually had never done any sports up to that movie? And during that movie, she discovered she had untapped athletic ability, oh, she felt like. well. And she actually ended up trying out for the Olympic archery team a few yeah, years she, later. Yeah, she did that for quite the, the archery thing she did for quite a while. I remember hearing about that. But I didn't realize she hadn't done that before this movie. Yeah, it was after that movie that she started. She uh, decided she was an athlete, so she went the archery route. That's what interesting. are you saying? Archery is not a yeah. sport? It's not overly athletic. Maybe it's a sport. It's a sporting <laughs> it's a event. It's a skill? Yeah. What about bowling? Is bowling a sport? Bowling's bowling. We could go on for this for days. We could do kingpin at some point on this. Yeah. Well, not if it's not a sports movie. We only do sports movies. True. So we're not doing any archery movies. Anything else that we haven't <laughs> that we haven't hit that you want to get in before we wrap things up? I just wish the movie would have had more John Lovitz in it. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> I always liked John Lovitz. I don't know why. but Well, he has a lot of other movies you can go watch in your free time. You're right about that. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's all I got. Should it ever be remade? Yeah, it could be. It's a any of those period piece movies can be remade, right? Because then you can just throw in whoever you want, plug it in. But then, what, you, what are you going to have the same storyline where it's two sisters and? Yeah, then if you remade it now, you uh, might have to put in that love connection between Dottie and Jimmy, as opposed to the sister rivalry. But then. If you remade it, I do think you would have to rework it. There You'd would have, have to, to be some different conflict there. And there would be, I think you, without Penny Marshall, who has passed away, whoever was remaking it would probably, because like a lot of movies get remade nowadays with like more about women's rights and everything, like um, Ocean's Eleven did, a lot of those Ghostbusters did. Mm-hmm. So you could almost make it that way, make it more of a comedy, spin it off. with. But you would have to touch somewhere on the women's rights issues, I think. Yeah, I believe I, I, Totally agree. All right, so that's going to do it for Two Guys Talking Sports Movies. Don't forget, if you're finding us at WSBTradio.com, which is a common place to find us, we're powered by WSBTradio.com in the podcast section. You can also find us on iTunes. So go to iTunes, search for Two Guys Talking Sports Movies. You can subscribe to the podcast, and you can rate the podcast and the whole thing. Rate it however you want. I mean, five would be great. Five would be awesome. Is that what you rated it? Uh, I think I gave us a three and a half. No. I only gave us a four. I can only carry us to four stars. I needed you to get the last one. And, you and I wasn't able to get us over the hump. But anyway, subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, we look forward to doing more of these. We've had fun so far. Yeah. And our next one, we're going to go off the beaten path a little bit. Oh, Speaking are Speaking of what's a sports movie and what's not. Actor Rip Torn, maybe most famous for the Larry Sanders show on HBO. 
for me, it's this movie that we're going to do. Probably so. We're going to do Dodgeball next week. Rip Torn recently passed away, 88 years old, and so he had a, a big, impactful role in the movie, the comedy Dodgeball, starring do you know the, Vince Vaughn. Do you know the five Ds? I do know the five Ds of Dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. There you go. So we're going to do Dodgeball next time around, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it, as always. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Styers, and we will talk to you next time. Two guys talking sports movies. Butter.